muted me again tonight. I didn't do that. My wife might mute me, but nobody else mutes me too often. But uh, Daniel chapter number one, thank you for letting me come. We've enjoyed the week. Uh, it's amazing how fast things go. I, uh, and, I, and I will say this, I, uh, I'm very grateful for my church back home. And uh, they were texting me. Some of our uh, uh, kids in our church uh, have been watching the morning services. So they're having school revival at home. And so uh, one, of, one of our girls at the church has been sick. And I, she was, was there on uh, Sunday. I guess it was Joanna wasn't there Sunday. And so the whole Proctor family had to be out. And, uh, and so she texted me today and said, I'm getting better. And when I go back to church, I want to see you. And I said, well, Lord willing, if I get home, I'll be there Sunday to preach. And so she said she was excited about uh, me being there. So I don't know if that's really true, but she made her preacher feel good. Anyway, Daniel chapter number one, I want to read uh, this entire chapter tonight. You're very familiar with these verses, I'm sure. Uh, but I want to, sometimes we get so familiar with it, there are things that are, the word of God's amazing to me. I, I'm, I'm amazed. I, I read the Bible and I think I know something. I, I told someone a lot long ago, I had a preacher in our church, uh, Dr. Johnny Jones, and he was preaching. And uh, I was in a meeting many, many years ago and uh, matter of fact, uh, I was at Brother Sammy Allen's camp meeting, and and if you've ever been there, it's a large auditorium. I guess seats probably fifteen hundred or better. I don't know, but anyway, for some reason they had called me on the platform, and so I was sitting on the platform, and uh, Doctor Johnny Jones was up there, several other guys, and uh, they called on him to preach, and so he walked to the platform. And, uh, and if you've heard me tell the story, just act like you've never heard it, okay? And, uh, and he walked up to the platform and he, he said, uh, turn in your Bibles to John chapter 3 and verse number 16. I'll never forget, I'm sitting up here, all these people look at me and I'm thinking to myself, are you serious? He is going to preach John three sixteen right here. And I know y'all are a lot more spiritual than I am. But I, I mean, honestly, I, I mean, I just about come out of the womb quoting John 3, 16. I, I've heard it about every way you can. And I, I'm just telling you how, okay, y'all have never felt like that before. But I did, and I, and I sat up there, and I'm trying to act, you know. And I remember him beginning to preach. And as Brother Sammy Allen would say, it was like liquid love. I'm telling you, boy, God got a. I, I saw, I saw God loving me like I never. I remember sitting up there and just weeping and thinking, "What an idiot, David! What an idiot!" I mean, I, I'm. It would just be come alive. I mean, I, I, I read it hundreds and hundreds and thousands of times. But the Word of God is an amazing book. It, there's no book like the Word of God. Every time you read it, you see something, you, you're like, wow, I, I've read this this many times and I've never seen that. Yet it was there. I want you to look at this tonight. Maybe the Lord will help you. The Bible said in the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, came Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, unto Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of the Judah, into his hand with part of the vessels of the house of God, which he carried into the land of Shinar to the house of his God. 
And he brought the vessels into the treasure house of his God. And the king spake unto Ashpenaz, the master of his eunuchs, that he should bring certain of the children of Israel and of the king's seed and of the princes, children in whom was no blemish, but well-favored and skillful in all wisdom, and cunning in knowledge and understanding science, and such as had ability in them to stand in the king's palace, in whom they might teach the learning and the tongue of the Chaldeans. And the king appointed them a daily provision of the king's meat and of the wine which he drank, so nourishing them three years, that at the end thereof they might stand before the king. Now among these were of the children of Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, unto whom the prince of the eunuchs gave names, for he gave unto Daniel the name of Belteshazzar, and to Hananiah of Shadrach, and to Mishael of Meshach, and of Azariah of Abednego. But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. Drank. Therefore he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Now God had brought Daniel into favor and tender love with the prince of the eunuchs. And the prince of the eunuchs said unto Daniel, I fear my lord the king, who hath appointed your meat and your drink. For why should he see your faces worse like than the children which are of your sort? Then shall ye make me endanger my head to the king. Then said Daniel to Melzar, whom the prince of the eunuchs had set over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, Prove thy servants, I beseech thee, ten days, and let them give us pulse to eat and water to drink. Then let our countenances be looked upon before thee, and the countenance of the children that eat of the portion of the king's meat, and as thou seest, deal with thy servants. So he consented to them in this matter and proved them ten days, and at the end of ten days their countenances appeared fairer and fatter in flesh than all the children which did eat the portion of the king's meat. Thus Melzar took away the portion of their meat and the wine that they should drink and gave them pulse. As for these four children, God gave them knowledge and skill in all learning and wisdom. And Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. Now at the end of the days that the king had said he should bring them in, then the prince of the eunuchs brought them in before Nebuchadnezzar. And the king communed with them, and among them all was found none like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Therefore stood they before the king. And in all matters of wisdom and understanding that the king inquired of them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and astrologers that were in all his realm. And Daniel continued even unto the first year of King Cyrus. Lord, help us tonight. Thank you for the great singing. 
Lord, for the time of prayer. Lord, for all that you do for us that we take for granted, we are very grateful. Lord, as I try to pray every week at our church and I pray it tonight over this church, God, put a hedge around this property. Rebuke the demons and devils of hell that would do its best to try to mess up what you want to do here tonight. And then, God, I pray that we as Christians would resist the devil. And I pray that this message would go forward, not, Lord, that it is a great message that no one has ever heard, but, God, it is your word. And, God, we need to hear from you tonight. And so we ask you for these moments of time that, God, you give us help in Jesus' name. Amen. A very interesting passage of Scripture in which we have read tonight Interesting in several ways to me as I look at these young people that are involved in this passage of Scripture. And I'll not just preach to young people, but I, I want to kind of lay a little bit of ground here for these young men. These young men, we must understand, did not have a, uh, a, a church that they went to. You know, we make so many excuses on why we don't live for God. And we read our Bible, and we find people uh, like these young men that there's no evidence that their parents were there. Matter of fact, a very good case would be that their mother and father had been killed and they're there all alone. And so they don't have a mom and a dad standing over them watching what they're doing. They don't have a pastor in a church where they can go to every week and, and get their battery recharged or any of those things. But these young men made a conscious choice to serve God. I was reading this the other day, and, 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 and I had, I'd never paid attention to this. I've read this many times, and probably you have seen it, but I have never paid attention to it. But I want you, I want you to draw your attention to it. Tonight for a few minutes, look at verse number five. The Bible said, and the king appointed unto them a daily provision of the king's meat and of the wine which he drank, so nourishing them. Are you there? Look at this. So nourishing them three years. I've read this over and over and over again. And I never recognized that this was a three-year plan he had. It wasn't a next day. It wasn't next month. It wasn't 30 days. It wasn't three months. It was a three-year plan that he had in changing these young men. These young men that had just walked away from the will of God, and when I say walked away from it, they'd been captured. You can read it. I mean, they had been captured. They had left where God was. They had left where knowing God was, and they had no idea that the devil had a three-year plan for them. Matter of fact, if I, if I would use some of our political slogans, it would have been something like, there, just give me three more years, three more years. And I, I read it and I began to think, you know, tonight we're, 
we're so interested, we're so convinced that the devil has a trap for tomorrow. We, we're so convinced that the devil is gonna get us tomorrow, Brother Bell, when the truth of the matter is he's got a longer plan than that. He's not intended tomorrow to bust your marriage up. He's not intended tomorrow, young girl, for you to leave your house. But I tell you what he does have. He's got a plan to change your life. I wanna preach on this subject for the next few minutes. On this thought, is the devil changing your life? Is the devil changing you? Are you in the place of being changed right now? Little by little, as the songwriter wrote, inch by inch, it's just a little bit at the time. It's just a little, notice what happens that the devil does to try to change these young men. And you're gonna see something tonight. It is so simple and you probably have seen it, but we are seeing it in America like we've never seen it before. Number one, number one, here's what he's gonna do. The first thing he's gonna try to change is your worship. The first thing, you know what he does? Here's what it is, read it, verse two. The Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, in his hand with part of the vessels of the house of God, which he carried into the land of Shinar to the house of his God. And he brought the vessels into the treasure house of his gods. Now, hold on a minute. We're watching this like we've never seen it before. Some of you that are older in here that have been saved for a long time, you have watched as the devil one step, one step, one step. Here's what he's done, here's what he's done. Y'all ready? He's taken some of the vessels and he's putting it in to worship so that, so that our young people say, well, preacher, it's not just like but there's some things there that are like. I mean, there's some things. You say, preacher, there's nowhere in here where it says that Daniel and Shadrach would have, hold on a minute. If you don't believe that they didn't care about them worshiping, just read about three more chapters down. Nebuchadnezzar puts up a statue. You remember that. And he went and threw the three boys in the fiery furnace because they would not. I'm telling you tonight, the devil has a plan to change your life. And I tell you, dude, he'll change your worship. He'll change your worship. He'll start saying, listen now, I, I, know, I know Calvary is a good church. I mean, when, when they start, when they start like that, I know Calvary's a good church, but uh, this new church that I'm going to, it, it's a lot like it. I mean, there's a lot of nice people. There's a lot. Now, the preaching is good. Now, the music it's a little bit different. And can I say this while I'm here? If it looks like a bar and it sounds like a bar, church should not be affiliated with it. I'm talking about, I'm talking about how the devil changes us. It's a slow process. He said, just give me three years with these guys. I'll change the way that they worship. Just give me three years. Hey, young people, you listen to me. 
You listen to me real well. You're 15 years old and you have all intentions of serving God. Listen, the devil's not gonna change your mind tomorrow. He's not gonna change your mind necessarily next week, but I tell you what he'll do. When you get that new car, you'll one day ride down the road and you'll cut that radio on and it'll be that station. You know what I'm talking about, that station. Not the country station, not the rock and roll station, but that station, you know, that says Jesus about every 10 words and the rest you can't understand. <laughs> Sounds like the singer has a lollipop licking on the end of her. Oh, Jesus. I can't do it like them. I, I, I don't want to learn how they do it. I don't want to accept that kind of worship. I'm telling you what happened is it resembles the same thing, but it's not the same thing. Can you imagine? Let's just think about it a minute. If you can coerce Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to church, they walk in the door and they say, you know that right there? My grandmama gave that right there. It says the vessels of gold that were in the house of God, they put in there. Hey, do you know tonight, I was riding the other day, or I was in, or maybe I was in a store, and uh, some contemporary music was playing. If you didn't understand, I don't have any use for contemporary music of no kind, none. And, and they were playing like, I, I don't want to say, but, but like there's a fountain filled with blood. And I'm here to tell you, it didn't sound nothing like there is a fountain filled with blood. I knew the words because I grew up with there is a fountain filled with blood. But what they had done is they had took, taken those vessels and now they had put it in their own words so they could say that they were singing grandma's songs in their church. I was, <laughs> some time ago, I don't even remember, maybe a couple years ago, I began to talk to a man, a truck driver one day about we got to talk about church, and he, boy, he was so excited about his church, and he began to talk about it. I could tell the more he talked about it, the more I needed to be quiet about it. I, I could just tell, you know, I'm telling you, when you go to my church, you go, oh, and I mean, it was just, you know, when you go to church, if you got to describe it like you're in a spooky house, I get nervous, okay? Oh, when you come in, I'm just telling, oh, I mean, you're like, oh. I, now, I'm not saying when you go to church, you ought not to feel something, but it don't make you feel weird, I can tell you that, if you're saved. And he began to tell me, and, he, and he, he's talking about the music. He said, now the music gets a little loud or something. And the music, and I'm thinking, okay. He said, I need to get you a CD of, of, of this scene. I'm thinking, yeah, so I can throw it away and save somebody else from listening to it. And uh, so anyway, we're talking, and he says this to me. He said, uh, he said my, my mama, she really don't like it. Said, and this guy's probably, I, honestly, he's probably in his 50s. He says, my, my mama really don't like it. She's kind of old-fashioned, and she, he goes on. He's just rattling on. He gets done. And so he starts wanting to know, Brother Barley, about my church. And I said, uh, well, I said, our youth choir sings. I started describing. I said, 
Matter of fact, I said, your mama probably would like my church. I, I said, based on what you just said about your mom, your mom would probably like my church because what he had described is a lady that had lived her entire life and she just could not, she could not accept the fact that church is not the same. When you mix it with the world, I'm hey, young people, listen to me, listen to me real well. The devil is out wide open. I li let, me, let me show you what I'm talking about. I live in a town that may be 3,500 people in our city. Now, we're on the edge of one of the fastest growing counties in Georgia. But in our city, there's 35, let's say 4,000. For the last, and my boys would say this probably too, for the last, what do you say, 12, 15 months, there's been what, three or four new churches at least. I mean, they're coming into our town. I mean, we've already got enough mess as it is, and now this new mess is coming in, so we got a double mess in our town now. And they're coming in because they're after our young people. They're after our young people, and what they're doing is they've come out of churches that used to be like this, and now they're like this, and we're relocating, and we're, we're renewing ourselves so that we can reach this. I tell you what they're doing. They're wanting to change our way of worship. And you will, hey, without holiness, a man shall not see God. You can't mix the world. You cannot mix the world with worship. Hey, when somebody has to get on the platform half naked to tell you about God, I'm telling you, that is not God. When a preacher has to preach out of something that he's read about this week, that's not God. But it resembles God, preacher. I've had people tell me before, well, I, I listen to, oh, I better not say this name, y'all. Some of y'all might shoot me, but... It, I listened to Joel Osteen. I had a lady actually tell me this because I think he's good looking. Number one, I must be a hunk if he's good looking. And number two, who wants to listen to a man that's always telling you everything's okay while your finger is bleeding after you just busted it with a hammer? It's gonna be all right. Everything's gonna be good today. All you gotta, all you gotta do is believe. Well, I believe, but it's still bleeding. I'm saying tonight, listen, this is serious. The devil's changing us. He, he's not interested in tomorrow, young man. He's not in, he's, hey, listen, there's a mom and a daddy in here to this, this evening that you're trying to raise your kids for God and you've done a great job and they're 15 years old. Hey, can I tell you the three next years might be three of the hardest years of your life because the devil's gonna try to get you to say, hey, what got into 15 loving God? We're gonna have to change this and change this. Hey, you don't have to change none of that junk. Is the devil changing you? Number one, he started changing their worship. Then number two, it's right here. In verse number four, 
He says at the very end, and whom they might teach the learning and the tongue of the Chaldeans. So here's what he did. He said, let's change their worship and then let's start teaching them some new words. Let's get them in a new language. Now listen to me, listen to me, listen to me real well. Uh, Stephanie, come here just a minute. Um, I don't know how many of you, I did this the other night at my church and she's right now, her mind's working. My wife grew up on a mission field and my wife can speak Spanish fluently. Anybody in here speak Spanish? Anybody? Anybody in here speak another language? Let's see, you speak Spanish? Okay. Now here's what I want you to do, babe. I want you to tell them that God is good all the time. All the time God is good. Dios siempre es bueno. Siempre es bueno, Dios. God is good all the time. All the time God is good. Okay, okay. All right, you can sit down now. You know what she was doing at the end? She was making sure that she thought about it before she said it. Because you can't learn a language. Ma'am, you know this. You cannot learn that language without beginning to think like they think. Because the words don't change. They, they, don't, they don't work, Brother Adriel, the same. So you got to start and see what happens is the devil start changing your word. He'll start getting you to where you think, young man, like he thinks. It'll just be little things. It won't be a big difference, just a little bit. He starts changing your vocabulary. You start talking different. He, he starts changing your mind. He starts changing the way that you think. And all of a sudden you're like, you know, probably sister so-and-so really was right. The preacher was a little bit, he was a little bit abrasive about that. I mean, he was really a little bit abrasive about those, that boy and girl hugging in the dark. That was probably a little bit, I mean, we're not doing anything. We've got cameras and we can prove that they weren't really, he might've been, he might've been just a little bit abrasive. Now, now two years ago, ma'am, you would've went nuts if it'd been somebody else's daughter, but now it's yours. And what's happened is, is all of a sudden your language is changing. Hey, if you're not careful, that's what the devil does. He will change your words you begin to think like them I, can, I, can I make this is terrible I didn't really want to talk about politics but just for a second don't, don't get too braced up let me tell you what's wrong with America tonight you're not going to like this but it's the truth A bunch of college professors that don't believe in liberty, does not believe in God, does not believe in our country, got in our seminaries, got in our colleges all over America, and they taught a young generation, a young generation that knew what was right, and they sat in a class, and a teacher got up there and said, well, what if? What if? What if they went to a public school and they said, well, young lady, you came from a monkey. You know, really, if you think about that, you would think that would be abrasive for somebody to say, but see, the world knows how to talk. 
And all of a sudden, he begin, they begin to desensitize. How can a person shoot somebody and it doesn't bother them? And they have a way to, to justify what they do just out of pure men. I'm telling you, there's a mind issue. That the world has got our mind. Hey, can I tell you, it's coming to the church. Let me tell you why America is so liberal. I'll tell you why. Because most church members, they, they scream. Hey, they get in these walls right here and they scream and holler about they scream and holler about abortion. They scream and holler about sin. And they scream and holler. We're, we're like a bunch of, of, of gorillas in a cage. Preachers, they shake the bars in here. But when it comes to walking out those doors, nobody's going to say nothing out there. They're not going to say anything at the voting booth. They're just going to scream and holler about how bad it is. I tell you why it's bad, because the devil had a plan. Listen, America did not get like it is in the last year. What we have seen happen in America in the last five months has been something's been here the entire time. It's just we've begun to see what we cannot believe was in our country. Hey, it, it amazes me. In Portland, Oregon, what was it, two or three weeks ago? They had that burning, and they burnt those Bibles. Can I ask y'all a question? What did the Bibles have to do with their burning? I didn't hear no rights about churches rioting against them. I didn't hear no preachers standing up and saying that. I'll tell you why, young people. Because they was just showing what they hated. They hate God. Hey, it's, hey, this fight is about God. Hey, can I tell you something? Listen, in the church, the same fight is happening today. They hate God. And so what he's going to do is, he's going to take you young girls. If you're not careful, he'll change your vocabulary. The way you think. Well, my aunt says that the preacher's a pretty good guy, but my preacher says that the school's okay, but my, pre my, my aunt says that my uncle says, my somebody says, and what you don't even understand is this changing your whole mind and thinking. Number three, y'all still there? I'm trying to get done. Is the devil changing your life? I'm afraid to tell you tonight, I look at things in my own life. Sir, there are things that you do tonight when you stop sometimes and think about, you, you think and you ask yourself the question, how did I get here? Exactly right. Why do I think like this? Why? Because the devil in his slow. And he's just a little bit. My dad's 78 years old. He's old time. I'm talking about hid in the cave kind of old time. I'm talking about the kind that you don't want to get out in public if you don't want to know what he thinks. Uh, he, I'm telling you. Yeah. you I, when you go out with him, you either pucker up or duck. One of the two, buddy. They're either going to like you or they're going to hate you real bad. And I hear my dad talking sometimes and I think, oh, here he goes again. Here he goes again. 
But then I stop. I stop sometimes and I think and I say, you know what? He's really telling us how far we have gone and we don't even realize it. Number three, not only does he want to change your worship and does he want to change your words, verse number five, the king appointed unto them a daily provision of the king's meat and of the wine which he drank. He wanted to change their will. What they wanted in their life You know what the devil's doing tonight? He is slowly trying to change your will. Hey, young person, you're you're determined right now. Listen, I'm very grateful for this. You're determined right now to serve God. I'm telling you, your heart is bent on serving God. But can I tell you, if you're not careful, the devil's got a friend. That's what got Amnon in trouble. He had a friend. Somebody that's going to eat, hey, some young girl, if you're not careful, it'll be this guy that's pretty sharp looking. He'll slide in the back. He'll act like he loves God. He'll get saved if he needs to to be able to talk to you. Here's what he's doing. Here's what the devil's doing, young lady. He's trying to change your will what you desire in your heart. See, these young men had one goal in mind. That was to serve God. They wanted to serve God. It didn't matter where they were, they were gonna serve God. It didn't matter how bad it got, they wanted to serve God. And the king said, listen, let's give them some of our meat and some of our wine. I I thought of it this way. Let's give them some of our joy. Let's give them some of our fun. Let's give them something that they've never had before. Let's give, is that not what the world does? Hey, you find every teenager that ever walked away from God and you'll find a young person that the devil put something in front of them that they had never seen before and they took a bite. This is how the devil works. Y'all ready? Here's how he works, just like this. He just lets you take a bite. I mean, really, it really don't taste that bad. Don't have a lot of taste, but I can deal with it. That's how sin is. You believe what you want. Hey, a little bit of it, I mean, a little bit of it. Hey, there's, hey, there's some adults in here that be honest with you young people and tell you that one time in their life, they had a desire to do what was right, and they started taking a bite. They took a bite, and after the first bite, they, they seem to be able to handle it, Brother Nichols. They seem like they can handle it. After a while, they got a little bit more. It, it really, y'all, it ain't that bad. There ain't, there, hey, hold on, you'll like this. There's no value in it. There's no value in it, but it really, it ain't that bad. He keeps filling you up. Young person, it's a little bit at a time. 
I used to work with a guy years ago and he liked kimchi. I don't know how many of y'all like it or kimchi or however you say it. It's rotten cabbage. And I remember I said, I looked at it and I said, really? You know, you, you have to wonder sometimes what the guy that started this was thinking. <laughs> oh, I think I'll leave some cabbage in the backyard for a few months and then we'll take a bite out of it and see what it tastes like. <laughs> but he kept going back, getting it, getting it, getting it. So I didn't get like this from looking at food if you didn't know that. So one day I had to have a little bit of it. So I got me some and boy, then I wondered how he ate this stuff. But you know what I learned, Brother Adriel? I learned if I ate it with other stuff, it wasn't as bad. It ain't really that bad. If you had a hot dog, this wouldn't be that bad. <laughs> I'm telling you, listen to me, listen to me. Some of you young people don't understand what I'm telling you. There's some adults in here that are thinking right now, they remember the first bite they took. They remember that first little bite that they took. They remember the second bite and the third bite and the fourth bite. And tonight they're trying to serve God and they're trying to do their best for God. But there's things in their life that they cannot get over. And they brought you to church, young person, because they don't want you to have to deal with the will of the devil. Because he'll keep on feeding you. And he'll keep on feeding you. And he'll keep, hey, it'll be hanging out of your mouth after a while. Everybody will see it. You come to church and you say, well, preacher, I'm still loving the Lord. You say, that's so gross. Not nearly as bad young lady as laying in a bed with a baby and your husband walked out the door for another woman because you wouldn't listen to the preacher when he told you that that guy was a deadbeat. You picked him anyway. Hey, it, hey, hey, it, hey, hey, young man, young man, listen to me. Listen, I'm not telling, hey, listen, I've been preaching in the jail for 14 years. You want to hear the stories? Come after church. I can tell you any kind of story you want to hear. Any kind of story you want to hear, young man about how he just had to have her. Mom and daddy said, leave her alone. But the devil kept feeding him them little Piece by piece. And now that young, hey, I can tell you tonight about a young man I was preaching in the max section. The max section at our drill some years ago. It was on a Sunday afternoon. Max had two divisions. They would bring one in, let me preach, take that group out, bring another one. I preached this particular Sunday, and when I got done preaching, this young man stayed behind. He said, I, I want to talk to you. I said, okay. So he stayed behind. 
I don't remember exactly how the conversation started, but it was something like this. Mr. Young, I know about everything you're preaching. I grew up on a mission field. My dad was an independent, fundamental Baptist missionary. Listen to me. I'm in Columbia County, Georgia, Harlem, Georgia. I don't know this guy from a man in the moon. He said, I grew up in a Christian home. I came home. Preacher, one night I decided I was going to just, just a little bite, little bite, little bite, little bite. And I found myself and I slept with a young girl. I didn't know, preacher, that she was underage. I lived in South Carolina. I went back home. I thought everything was going to be all right. And that young man, I don't know how many years he will spend his life in a jail because he just said, I'll just take, I'll, I'll, I'll let the devil change my will, young man, just for a, for a little bit of fun. Just, just a little bit. If you're not careful tonight, he's going to change you. Can I say, I'm done. I'm, I'm going to give you one more, but it, it, I'm done. Verse number 21, he's going to try to change your walk. The Bible said, but Daniel continued even. Even though they didn't want him to, even though everything was bad, Daniel continued. They wanted to change his walk. Listen. Hey, mama, daddy, you're sitting in this building tonight. You're listening, by the way, of the internet. Your boy keeps telling you, listen, mama, it ain't that bad. Your daughter's saying, Mama, Daddy, it's not that bad. Just let me have a little bit of fun. Let me have a little bit of leeway. And you're saying, no, because it won't work. Can I tell you, the devil is going to keep pulling at your wheel. I remember as a kid, I'm grateful for a godly mom and dad. Let me tell you, there, 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 there's not a price to put on a mom and dad. I'm talking, listen, I'm talking to you mamas and daddies that's here tonight and you brought your kids to church. I want to tell you from a young man that was raised in a strict home. Let me tell you how my home was. My daddy told me if I'd ever did something stupid enough to go to jail, I was going to stay there. My daddy told me you didn't call no police, no pig. It, it, it didn't matter if you understood him or not. You better shut up. Right. You're right. Amen. And when my daddy told me that, he meant that. I, I remember there was a statement he always used. Some of you older people would appreciate this. He used to tell me this when I was a kid. He used to say, son, if you don't quit, I'm going to polish these tennis shoes on your rear end. Now, my dad never polished his tennis shoes on my rear end, but I'm 47 right at it. And I really believe that he would have polished his tennis shoes. 
And I could imagine how long it would take for him to get tennis shoes as shiny as my shoes. Let, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something, Mom and Dad. You might be struggling with your kids tonight. I don't know. I don't know you. You don't know me. But I know this is what God told me to preach tonight. You may be struggling with your teenagers right now. And they're saying things like this. Well, Mom and Daddy, everybody else is doing it. Can I give you a great answer? Can I give you a great answer that my dad gave me? He said, no, not everybody's doing it. Because you're not going to do it. You know why? My dad could see past tomorrow and next week and two weeks because he knew the devil had a plan to ruin my life. And my dad said, no, no way, no way, no way, no way. Can I tell you, I don't know who Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's mom and dad were. But I'm telling you, when we get to heaven, Brother Adriel, I promise you this, I want to shake their hand because they put something in a bunch of young people that when they were all alone, without a church, without a youth revival, without a Christian school to go to, without their mom and dad, they said, hey, you're not changing us. Need mamas and daddies to say tonight, hey, we're not going to let, this has been pushed far enough. They're not changing. We're not changing. We're going, it's work till they're 15. It'll work till they're 25. We're not changing. Hey, a young man say tonight, hey, I've been changing, but I'm not going to change anymore. Some young girls say, listen, I'll make my mind up. I'm not going to change. He wants to. He's got a diabolical plan, buddy. 